Welcome to the Corona of Thorns podcast. I'm Father Peter Swans, and today is the 26th Sunday in Ordinary Time. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And with your spirit. To prepare ourselves, let us acknowledge our sins. I confess to Almighty God and and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and in what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Glory to God in the highest, and and on on earth earth, peace to people people of goodwill. We We praise you, we bless you, we adore you, we glorify you. We give you thanks for your great glory. Lord God, heavenly King, O God, almighty Father, Lord Jesus Christ, only begotten Son, Lord God, Lamb of God, Son of the Father, you take away the sins of the world, have mercy on us. You take away the sins of the world, receive our prayer. You are seated at the right hand of the Father, have mercy on us. For you alone are the Holy One, you alone are the Lord, you alone are the Most High, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit, in the glory of God the Father. Amen. Let us pray. O God, who manifest your almighty power above all by pardoning and showing mercy. Bestow, we pray, your grace abundantly upon us, and make those hastening to attain your promises heirs to the treasures of heaven. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the prophet Ezekiel. The word of the Lord was addressed to me as follows. You object. What the Lord does is unjust. Listen, ye house of Israel, is what I do unjust? Is it not what you do that is unjust? When the upright man renounces his integrity to commit sin and dies because of this, he dies because of the evil that he himself has committed. When the sinner renounces sin to become law-abiding and honest, he deserves to live. He has chosen to renounce all his previous sins. He shall certainly live. He shall not die. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Remember your mercies, O Lord. Remember your mercies, O Lord. Lord, make me know your ways. Lord, teach me your paths. Make me walk in your truth and teach me, for you are God my Saviour. Remember your mercies, O Lord. Remember your mercy, Lord and the love you have shown from of old. Do not remember the sins of my youth. In your love remember me, because of your goodness, O Lord. Remember your mercies, O Lord. 
The Lord is good and upright. He shows the path to those who stray. He guides the humble in the right path. He teaches his way to the poor. Remember your mercies, O Lord. A reading from the letter of St. Paul to the Philippians. If our life in Christ means anything to you, if love can persuade at all, or the spirit that we have in common, or any tenderness and sympathy, then be united in your convictions and united in your love, with a common purpose and a common mind. That is the one thing which would make me completely happy. There must be no competition among you, no conceit, but everybody is to be self-effacing. Always consider the other person to be better than yourself, so that nobody thinks of his own interests first, but everybody thinks of other people's interests instead. In your minds, you must be the same as Christ Jesus. His state was divine, yet he did not cling to his equality with God, but emptied himself to assume the condition of a slave, and became as men are. And being as all men are, he was humbler yet, even to accepting death, death on a cross. But God raised him high and gave him the name, which is above all other names, so that all beings in the heavens on earth and in the underworld should bend the knee at the name of Jesus, and that every tongue should acclaim Jesus Christ as Lord, to the glory of God the Father. The Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Alleluia, alleluia. My sheep listen to my voice, says the Lord. I know them and they follow me. Alleluia. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said to the chief priests and elders of the people, What is your opinion? A man had two sons. He went and said to the first, My boy, you go and work in the vineyard today. He answered, I will not go, but afterwards thought better of it and went. The man then went and said the same thing to the second who answered, Certainly, sir, but did not go. Which of the two did the father's will? The first, they said. Jesus said to them, I tell you solemnly, tax collectors and prostitutes are making their way into the kingdom of God before you. For John came to you, a pattern of true righteousness, but you did not believe him. And yet, the tax collectors and prostitutes did. Even after seeing that, you refused to think better of it and believe in him. The Gospel of the Lord Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. I still remember this experience pretty clearly. Um, It happened about 10 or 11 years ago when I was uh, studying to be a priest um, in Rome. And we were having practice at writing and delivering homilies. So they split us up into groups of four, um, and each of us had a priest assigned to us. And so we'd preach a homily to the group, and then the priest and the other seminarians, we'd, we'd give a commentary on on how we went. Um, and for the most part, we were fairly generous with each other, but, you know, every now and then we'd enjoy the critique a little bit, I suppose. 
I must admit, I don't remember a lot of the homilies that were preached by the fellow students, but there's one that I don't think I'll forget in a hurry. Sean Donovan, now Father Sean Donovan of the Diocese of Tulsa in Oklahoma in the US, he read this gospel and looked us all in the eye and said, I tell you solemnly, tax collectors and prostitutes are making their way into the kingdom of God before you. Now, he wasn't just quoting the words of Jesus that he addressed to the Jewish crowd 2,000 years ago. He meant it, and he repeated it. He looked us square in the eye. I tell you solemnly, tax collectors and prostitutes are making their way into the kingdom of God before you. Now, he was talking to three seminarians and a priest. He was talking to me. Now, I remember I was shocked. And kind of interiorly, I jumped on the defensive and, you know, sort of a thought arose in my mind. Who the heck does this bloke think he is? Now, I don't know if any of the others in the room felt as spoken to as I did. I don't know if any of them were quite as indignant as I was interiorly at that moment. Um, But I have to say, like, the potency of Christ's words were very confronting. I mean, from outward appearances, at least, I was looking pretty righteous. I was in the seminary. I was studying to be a priest. I was learning how to preach. Um, We were in Rome. I was about a stone's throw away from the Vatican. And really, prostitutes and tax collectors are getting into the kingdom of God before us? Come on. Well, I mean, us in the preaching group, the four seminarians and the priest, you know, we'd all acknowledge that, you know, yep, We'd all said our yes to the call that God had given us, or we're trying to anyway. That, you know, we were well disposed to the invitation. That we sought to be disciples and were discerning a call to the priesthood while we're in the seminary. But was I, in fact, behaving like the second son? There's the question. Had I entered into an attitude of self-righteousness, thinking that a yes to the Father was enough? And then slacking off so that my verbal yes was in fact a practical no. It's a difficult question that really hit me between the eyes. And I can only imagine how it must have sounded to the chief priest and the elders in Jesus' time. You see, they rested secure in the knowledge that they were members of the chosen race. In fact, they were the chief priests, they were the elders, the leaders among the people of God. And yet, they were being surpassed by prostitutes and tax collectors. Why? Because when John preached repentance, they followed. Their lives had added up to a long-standing no to God and to his path. But they were docile to the call of Christ, so that when he passed by, tax collectors like Zacchaeus and Matthew... Tax collectors like Zacchaeus and Matthew the Apostle, they upped and left their livelihoods. The problem for the chief priests and the elders of the people is that the self-assurance that comes from having responded to God's call became the trap that they fell into. Saying a yes separates me out from all of the other ones who have a big no in their lives to God. And so there's a temptation to rest secure in our identity. But I'm a chief priest. I'm an elder. 
I'm a seminarian. I'm a Catholic who goes to Mass on Sundays. The problem here is pride. It masks our need for discipleship and repentance. You know, we can enter into that deluded space of self-justification and self-aggrandizement that hides from us the reality that though we may well have said yes to the Father, we may not have, in fact, entered the vineyard and started the work. We may have said yes to being a disciple of Christ, but we might not actually be taking steps to follow him. This is a very easy attitude to fall into, um, especially in places like the seminary, because you know I think all of us Christians are prone to this sense of pride that leads to complacency. And so, to us, our Lord Jesus says, tax collectors and prostitutes are making their way into the kingdom of God before you. We mustn't kid ourselves into thinking that words are sufficient without sincere repentance and discipleship, without that true striving to follow Christ. So here's the thing, and I think we know this intuitively, that in order to examine someone, we need to look at their actions rather than their words. Our words have the capacity to carry lies. We might use our words to describe our high ambitions and ideals, but it's our actions that will show how far we've really come. We may well recite the creed on our lips, but do our deeds record the fact that this is what we really believe? The tax collectors and prostitutes were the ones who were changing their no into a real yes, while the chief priests and scribes trumpeted their yes, but still lived out a no. And it's pride that made them blind. Now, you're probably well aware of this point by now, but I'm really on a C.S. Lewis kick at the moment. Um, And in his great work, Mere Christianity, he describes pride as the attitude that always looks down because the proud person imagines themselves superior to everyone else. This is what Lewis says. Have a listen. In God, you come up against something which is in every respect immeasurably superior to yourself. Unless you know God as that, and therefore know yourself as nothing in comparison, you do not know God at all. As long as you are proud, you cannot know God. A proud man is always looking down on things and people, and, of course, as long as you're looking down, you cannot see something that is above you. That raises a terrible question, says Lewis. How is it that people who are quite obviously eaten up with pride can say they believe in God and appear to themselves very religious? I'm afraid it means they are worshipping an imaginary God. They theoretically admit themselves to be nothing in the presence of this phantom God, but are really all the time imagining how he approves of them and thinks them far better than ordinary people. That is, they pay a pennyworth of imaginary humility to him and get out of it a pound's worth of pride towards their fellow men. Well, doesn't that sting a bit? So here's the question. Where do we stand? Now, presumably the fact that we're, you know, either at Mass on Sunday or, you know, listening to a Catholic podcast, right? Presumably we're ones who've said yes to God, at least verbally. 
But the question comes, well, is it a tacit no? Is it a practical no? And am I hiding behind my own self-justification, my own sense of prideful self-righteousness? Have I in fact made a truce with evil, promising not to fight again? Have I given up that fight against sin? Have I become content to follow Christ at a distance? To allow the gospel to occupy my thoughts and shape my actions only on Sundays? Or when it's convenient? Or when it actually accords with what I want to do? Am I content to let prayer be for church alone and live the rest of my hours independent from Christ? Now, there's no doubting this is a tough gospel, but it should cause us all to examine our consciences. It's worse to say no to the Father and then never enter the vineyard. But it's little better to say yes and then not enter it. At the end of the day, we'll only have deceived ourselves. It's far better to say yes to the Father and enter his vineyard and work diligently. And now let's together profess our faith by praying the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the the Father Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried, He descended into hell. On the third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. At the Saviour's command, And formed by divine teaching, we dare to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Saviour, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours, now and forever. Let us welcome Christ into our hearts with an act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son 
and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace. Thanks be to God. And we finish by praying Pope Francis's prayer to Mary during the coronavirus pandemic. O Mary, you shine continuously on our journey as a sign of salvation and hope. We entrust ourselves to you, health of the sick. At the foot of the cross, you participated in Jesus' pain with steadfast faith. You, salvation of the Roman people, know what we need. We are certain that you will provide so that as you did in Cana of Galilee, joy and feasting might return after this moment of trial. Help us, Mother of Divine Love, to conform ourselves to the Father's will and to do what Jesus tells us. He who took our sufferings upon himself and bore our sorrows to bring us through the cross to the joy of the resurrection. Amen. We seek refuge under your protection, O Holy Mother of God. Do not despise our pleas, we who are put to the test, and deliver us from every danger, O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen. Thanks for praying with us, and may God bless you abundantly, so that this day may give glory to God the Father. Amen.